Well, it's a warm and muggy morning in Kuala Lumpur and the Malaysian capital was host to yet another drama-filled, controversial day in international associate cricket. I don't think we should be surprised anymore by the drama that we do see unfold on a near daily basis at this level. But to give you an idea of everything going here in Kuala Lumpur, in Malaysia, at the Challenge League playoff, the two teams that were to progress from the group stage uh, that were unclear heading into the day, Bermuda and Vanuatu, were only found out about their fate late in the evening here on Monday. Uh, We awaited clarification from tournament officials, tournament referees and tournament directors in regards to the wording of the playing conditions that suggested it was a head-to-head record as the first tiebreaker between teams on level points. It it brought a unique situation to yesterday's game between Vanuatu and Malaysia. We'll talk about that for a moment. But just to give you a little bit of context, heading into the final day in Group B, we had a similar situation go on in the other group, but that fate of Bermudas was largely decided the day previous. But looking to Group B, two matches that went on, Tanzania against Bahrain and Vanuatu against Malaysia. Now, the Vanuatu-Malaysia game, we don't want to bury the lead here. This is where a lot of the events and not so much controversy, but a lot of drama happened at the Salungo Turf Club. Vanuatu knew that not only did they want to beat Malaysia, of course, to stay alive, there was looking like the prospect of a three-way tie between Tanzania, Vanuatu and Malaysia all on one win. And that's when the net run rate would have come into play because they would have all been level on a win each given that uh, Malaysia beat Tanzania, Tanzania beat Vanuatu and then Vanuatu beat Malaysia. That's where net run rate was going to come into play. So Vanuatu, knowing that, actually won the toss and elected to bowl uh, and bowled Malaysia out for 124. It was was an excellent bowling performance from Josh Razu, the captain, and his men. Razu picked up uh, four for 31 in 10 overs. There were a couple of runouts in there as well uh, to bowl Malaysia out cheaply. And then the Neve Vanuatu men knew that in order to go above Malaysia on net run rate and guarantee a Super 6 spot, they would need to chase Malaysia's target down, give or take in around 28.1 overs. Now, the important caveat to mention in all this is that This is irrelevant if Tanzania went on to beat Bahrain a little bit later in the afternoon. We'll get to that game in a moment. Malaysia set about their chase, sorry, Vanuatu, I should say, set about their chase knowing that uh, they wanted to just get in on net run rate just to be sure. Uh, They didn't want to rely on the result of the other game, so they went hard in the end. Uh, They did pass the total, but again, it was under some shroud of controversy when Malaysia, knowing the situation, bowled a wide intentionally to prevent a six being hit to take Vanuatu back over Malaysia on net run rate. Now, this is a tactic that I think most teams at this tournament would have done, uh, knowing how much is bearing on this competition. I have no, on a personal front, no qualms with the decision to bowl a wide in that situation, given that it's within the laws of the game. On the whole, you could make an argument that it is deemed unfair play uh, if you are to read the laws of the game, but it's a clear tactic and, and looking to better themselves in the position that they want to be in. Hence, I believe it's a tactic that at this stage, uh, while the loophole is there, it is to be exploited. And that's just uh, the personal opinion of this person here delivering you the news and not 
of the wider general cricketing community. But it meant that it was a nervy bus trip for both teams because Malaysia still knew that uh, going back, if Tanzania were to beat Bahrain, they would still be eliminated because Vanuatu held the head-to-head record. Joshua Raza was a little bit disappointed even after the win, knowing that they didn't quite do enough to ensure it. It was a nervous bus trip for them as well. Uh, and then the Nivan men came back to the hotel, uh, put four or five ICC TV streams on and huddled around their phones and laptops for the best part of an hour, ensuring that they watched the finish. And they were ultimately pleased by what they saw over at uh, Bayamas because, and we saw Tanzania win that match in the end by 20 runs. It was a strange game of cricket just following from across town. Ivan Soleimani plundered 82 off 70 balls to put Tanzania well on top. They were about 133 for one at one stage before Soleimani's dismissal. They crumbled a little bit to be all out for 173. And as we've seen on these Malaysian decks in the dry, in the humid conditions, they tend to die in the afternoon, the pitches. And Bahrain did find it tough uh, outside of Haider Ali Butt, who, having watched him play a couple of times, is clearly one of the best batters here. He got to 50, but he... Didn't get much help around him. Consistent wickets at the other end. Ali Kimote's four-wicket haul helped him to play the match honours as well. But it was a death by spin at times. Laksh Bakrani only went for 20 off his 10 overs, taking a wicket. Sanjay Kumar Takor as well was excellent. Two for 30. Kazim Nasuro's off spin also taking a two-wicket haul. And then Ali Kimote came back to finish the job. But the key moment was the run out of Haider Ali Butt with a a slight mix-up with the number 10 at the time. I believe it was Imran Anwar. Uh, should I say it was Imran, uh, Abdul Majid Abassi? And then it was actually Abdul Majid Abassi who was caught behind as the final wicket. And it led to a roar from the Vanuatu team members. And as you can imagine, it meant that they went above Malaysia as per the head-to-head tiebreaker. And whilst they do go through, they still only go through with no carryover points. Tanzania, meanwhile, with their win over Bahrain, actually take the maximum number of carryover points because they beat both the teams that eventually progress to the Super Sixes. Italy and Bahrain will carry over two. Uh, And Tanzania is joined by Kuwait as the teams to carry over four points. And that was an interesting group, especially with the Italy-Kuwait fixture a little bit earlier in the week where we saw Italy unable to chase down. I think it was 216 that Kuwait put up. And those points could be crucial heading into the Super 6 stage. Italy learning the lessons, I suppose, of batting second in that situation. But we will head to the Super 6s in in a moment. But just looking at that other group, it was a similar fate for Saudi Arabia as it was for Malaysia because Bermuda beat them. Uh, on the penultimate day of their group stage, uh, it meant that Bermuda went above them as per the tiebreaker. Kuwait and Italy uh, claimed two wins uh, to each finish equal first, but Kuwait, uh, having beaten Italy, had the tiebreaker there, and ultimately, importantly, the carryover points. It was a good performance by Bermuda, who have come in relatively cold in this competition to beat uh the Saudis by just four runs in a rain-affected match, although it didn't affect uh, DLS was not a, a factor in the end. But the Saudis rain, uh, the rain probably disrupted the Saudis' chase. Uh, fell in the in the second oh, with two balls remaining to to fall to a four-run defeat, and that's the difference between moving on to the Super Sixes and missing out and missing out on a bucket load of funding as well as the 15 matches as per the Challenge League schedule, but. 
looking uh, to the day yesterday, Bermuda backed up and played again. They were chased down by Q8, meaning that Q8 took those carryover points as well. So there was significance in that match. Um, but Bermuda will be the happy out of they and Saudi Arabia, uh, who were level with them on points. So plenty of drama here uh, in Malaysia. And having been here, I, I can tell you that you know no one is under any illusions as to how hard this competition is and how important it is in terms of not only keeping you your 2027 Cricket World Cup hopes alive, but also the the thousands of dollars of funding that are so important, especially for the members, the smaller members who are struggling for funding outside of the ICC funding, whether or not you receive any sort of commercial deals or even Olympic Commission money outside of that. So Bermuda and Vanuatu keep themselves alive, but carry over no Super 6 points. Every team plays the other three teams in the other group that, uh, they haven't faced yet, so Vanuatu will take on Kuwait, Bermuda, and Italy. Uh, meanwhile, Bermuda facing Vanuatu also take on the likes of Bahrain and Tanzania. They actually take on Tanzania first on the 28th. So there's plenty to play for. Italy, Bahrain carrying over two points in third and uh, fourth, while Kuwait and Tanzania. Uh, somewhat surprisingly, I think we should say, carrying over the maximum number of points available to them. We'll keep you updated uh, here. We'll try and get some words from a few people around, including Tim, who I'm sure you can imagine is quite an excited chap, but a lot going on in Malaysia, and we'll try and keep you updated as much as we can. Moving to uh, some more updates in the international circles, we've seen the first leg of League Two run and done in Nepal, and it's a good start for Namibia winning three out of their four matches, the Dutch winning two of four, and Nepal just one. So the home series not capitalized upon by the Nepalis. We'll probably talk about it a little bit more in depth with Nick and uh, others while covering this event and over the course of the cycle for League Two. But just looking around, Namibia 134 for six chasing down Nepal's 132. Then we saw Nepal chase down the Netherlands 137. And then the Netherlands defeating Namibia by seven wickets. It was tough to bat on in the afternoon. Uh, Namibia beating uh, Nepal, winning by two wickets in a close match there on February 21. And then we finally saw uh, Namibia batting first and winning, beating the Netherlands by 24 runs. And then a Dutch win by eight wickets over Nepal. Lenny and Bertus de Jong joined forces in the commentary box, and that was excellent to hear as well. So a shout-out to them uh, in Kathmandu as they travel to Kiertapur to cover every game of the tournament there. Bertus enjoying his time in Nepal. Uh, he let everyone on Nepal Twitter know about it as well, but good to see him venturing out there and covering some important cricket in the context of League Two and also ultimately Cricket World Cup qualification that's everything in the senior game. There's also the ICC Under-19 Men's Cricket World Cup Asia Division 2 qualifier that's begun over in Thailand. It began on the 25th of February, so we'll keep you updated as to how that goes. It's an 18 tournament. Thailand, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, Hong Kong, China, Malaysia, Bahrain, Bhutan, and Oman. That's a quick update here from Kuala Lumpur and uh, expanding a little bit wider in the men's international sphere nick will have the pod uh and some more to talk about a little bit later on but uh yeah that's the update here in kuala lumpur